0: This is ARN. Decidedly Christian, distinctly biblical, and just a little bit nuts, this is Squirrel Chatter. And welcome to the Piney Woods, ladies and gentlemen. I am your squirrel host, coming to you from the ARN studios, Hi, atop the tallest tree in the Piney Woods. Good to have you with us. It is Thursday, the ninth day of November, 2023. Just a couple of weeks before Thanksgiving. Time is flying. So, didn't summer just start a few weeks ago? (laughs) And here we are in uh, almost Thanksgiving and on the downhill slide into Christmas. Ready to tie Chris Hanholtz up and force him to watch Elf. if you know, you know. All right. This is Scroll Chatter, a podcast dedicated to Scripture, theology, history, current events, and whatever else I want to talk about. And we webcast every Monday through Friday at 7.30 a.m. Mountain on Twitter, Facebook, and Rumble. And then the podcast is available for download wherever you find fine podcasts. Squirrel Chatter is a proud member of the Christian Podcast Community. I would encourage you to head on over to ChristianPodcastCommunity.com Check out all the great curated podcasts that are over there. You are certain to find something worth listening to. All right. well as you've, uh, those of you watching on video have no doubt noted the the view is a little different. Still haven't gotten the software on my Lumina camera working. I, I had a conversation with the guys there yesterday. They've got all my data, I zipped everything up and sent it to them, and, and they are supposed to get back to me hopefully soon as to why the, the program, it actually tries to start up and then crashes. We, we determined that. And so they're trying to figure out why it's crashing and, and find me a fix um, so that I can run my Lumina camera, which just has some features that I really, really love and would like to get back to using. But uh, in the meantime, I have gone back to a a Logitech camera that I had on the shelf, and because it gives me a little bit more control, because its software works. <laughs> I love my Lumina. Don't don't get me wrong, guys. And and I was talking to the guy. I mean, I was an early adopter of that Lumina camera, um, which is actually sitting right here. This is the little Lumina camera that that I love. I got the it's got a cover for the. That's the, the little camera right there. Um, and it is, well, I guess the the little magnetic cover wants to fall down and I don't want to step on it. So, okay. It's not right under my feet so I can dig it out later. <laughs> um, but the, uh, that little camera is great. And I was one of, the, it was a Kickstarter. I, I, I was one of the first people to use it. So I have been with them since their launch and, and, uh, so it's frustrating not to have the software working, um, as I've been using it for several years. So, but I've gone back to a, a Logitech you know, standard off-the-shelf Logitech uh, webcam, which is giving us smoother video. It gives me some more control. Um, just until <laughs> we can get the the other camera working again properly. Um, and I'm probably like you. I've got six or eight webcams lying around from years past a uh, couple of my use most of them are just sitting in a box on the shelf but i had this one so i've hooked it back up and and we are are back with a, a little bit more control a little bit better picture um, and we'll just stick with this for now and and hopefully we'll get that lumina Going again here pretty quick. All right, what do we got coming up today? We have prayers from the Book of Common Prayer. We have a reading from John MacArthur's Daily Readings from the Life of Christ. And it's Theology Thursday. And we are in the 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith, Chapter 18 of the Assurance of Grace and Salvation. Um, just as a as an aside, the, uh, the last Theology Thursday... We did an overview of chapter 18. I'm going to do that overview again today, and then we'll start. Just trying to get every everybody back up to speed. I mean, it's been a couple of months since we were here on a regular basis, and so I'm trying to ease us back into it. And so, you know, just like we did a little bit of review on Deuteronomy, we're we're doing uh, we're going to back up and do the overview of chapter 18, kind of restart chapter 18. So. If you recently listened to that episode from August, um, you're going to be getting a lot of the same stuff uh, today, but uh, next week we'll actually start breaking it down paragraph by paragraph. So that's the plan as it stands right now. All right, Uh, let us begin as is our practice with the prayer of confession from the 2019 Book of Common Prayer, Almighty and Most Merciful Father. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may now live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Grant to your faithful people, merciful Lord, pardon and peace, that we may be cleansed from all our sins, and serve you with a quiet mind, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now our reading from Daily Readings from the Life of Christ by John MacArthur, Principles of Giving, Part 2. When you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving will be in secret, and your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Matthew 6, 3 and 4. Continuing from yesterday's list of scriptural giving principles, four more come to mind. First, financial giving correlates to spiritual blessing. God will not entrust things of greater value to those who are not faithful with lesser things. Jesus asks. If you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous wealth, who will entrust the true riches to you? Luke 16.11 Men have dropped out of the ministry because they couldn't handle their finances, and others remain but see little fruit because God won't commit souls to them if they can't manage material things, including their giving. Second, believers must personally decide their giving. True giving will flow from a righteous heart, not artificially imposed percentages. Each one must do as he has proposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians nine seven, cross reference to 2 Corinthians eight one and two, and Philippians four fifteen through eighteen. Third, Christians must give toward the needs of others. The early Jerusalem Church did not hesitate to share its resources. Acts two forty four through forty five which was incidentally our lesson last night at, at uh, youth group. And years later, Paul took a collection from Gentile churches to help meet the continued needs of believers in Jerusalem. Finally, genuine giving demonstrates the love of Christ, not adherence to the law. The New Testament does not specify, specify required amounts or percentages, such as the tithe, for our giving. The amount we give, which ought to be as generous as possible, will derive from our heartfelt love and our knowledge of others' needs. Ask yourself, how do you go about deciding the amount you give? Are you satisfied that you're being obedient to the Lord in this? Remember, giving is not supposed to be a source of guilt, but rather a fount of blessing and gratitude. Are you experiencing a high level of peace about your giving decisions? All right, now it's Theology Thursday (laughs) Uh, of the Assurance of Grace and Salvation. This is chapter 18 of the 1689, and it is four paragraphs long. Like I said, I'm going to read the paragraphs with minimal comment. I may make a remark here or there, but it'll be minimal comment. And then next week, we will start going through it paragraph by paragraph, looking at the scriptural proofs that are provided and, and discussing its meaning and importance. All right. The 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith, Chapter 18 of The Assurance of Grace and Salvation, Paragraph 1. Although temporary believers and other unregenerate men may vainly deceive themselves with false hopes and carnal presumptions of being in the favor of God and in a state of salvation, which hope of theirs shall perish, Yet such as truly believe in the Lord Jesus and love him in sincerity, endeavoring to walk in all good conscience before him, may in this life be certainly assured that they are in the state of grace and may rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, which hope shall never make them ashamed. Paragraph 2. This certainty is not a bare conjectural and probable Persuasion grounded upon a fallible hope, but an infallible assurance of faith, founded on the blood and righteousness of Christ revealed in the gospel, and also upon the inward evidence of those graces of the Spirit unto which promises are made, and on the testimony of the Spirit of adoption, witnessing with our spirits that we are the children of God, and as a fruit thereof keeping the heart both humble and holy." Paragraph 3. This infallible assurance does not so belong to the essence of faith, but that a true believer may wait long and struggle with many difficulties before he be a partaker of it. Yet being enabled by the Spirit to know the things which are freely given him of God, he may, without extraordinary revelation, in the right use of means, attain thereunto. And therefore it is the duty of everyone to give all diligence to making his calling and election sure that thereby his heart may be enlarged in peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, in love and thankfulness to God, and in strength and cheerfulness in the duties of obedience, the proper fruits of this assurance, so far as it is from inclining men to looseness. I'm struggling with the 17th century language today. Mm, Need more coffee, that'll help. Paragraph 4. True believers may have the assurance of their salvation Diverse ways shaken, diminished, and intermitted, as by negligence in preserving of it, by by falling into some special sin, which wounds the conscience and grieves the spirit, by some sudden or vehement temptation, by God's withdrawing the light of his countenance, and suffering even such as fear him to walk in darkness and to have no light. Yet are they never destitute of the seed of God and life of faith, that love of Christ and the brethren, that sincerity of heart and conscience of duty out of which, excuse me, by the operation of the spirit, this assurance may in due time be revived and by the, by the which, in the meantime, they are preserved from utter despair. So this is talking about the assurance of salvation, the surety of salvation, how even though we may not feel, um, even at times, you know, there are those who are not saved, who have a false assurance, and there are those who are saved, who fall into despair and questioning of their salvation for various reasons. The true Christian, it is possible for the true Christian to have an assurance of faith, to know that he is saved, and and that's what this chapter is about. As I said, next week we'll begin to break it down paragraph by paragraph and really look at it. I'm looking forward to that. Um, don't have a lot to say about it today. i got a busy day ahead of me, so we're going to probably wrap it up here fairly quick this morning. Um, today is the day that uh, we uh, finally shut off the attic where Squirrely Boy has uh, managed to make himself at home, evicting him from what is no doubt large and opulent quarters so that... Uh, he doesn't destroy our house, <laughs> and uh, so we're we're building him a squirrel box today. It's currently below freezing, so we're not going to go outside for a little while. It's supposed to warm up today. It's supposed to be in the 40s, so we'll let it warm up a little bit before we go outside and work, um, but we're going to get Squirrely Boy's box built today, and it will be up above the front door, so he's still going to be living up there, but he won't be able to get in the attic anymore. That's the main thing. So we're going to block that off. We're going to provide him with a nice new home and uh, plenty of food and uh, welcome him back into our good graces <laughs> as he gets to uh, enjoy his, his home there above our front door. But he hadn't been happy with us this week because we, we started tearing into uh, looking at what we had to do on Monday and in doing so, as I said, we removed three large trash bags of pine cones, of nuts, of, you know, so so we've, we've devastated his food stack and also nesting material because, like I said, we've had three. He's the third squirrel to live up there, but he's the first one to chew his way into the attic. And, and so we're, we're having to, to block him off. So that is my plan for the day. <laughs> um, In the meanwhile, I hope you have a great day. Let's go ahead and recite our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now the colic for the 23rd Sunday after Pentecost. Grant us, Lord, not to be anxious about earthly things, but to love things heavenly. And even now, as we live among things that are passing away, to hold fast to those that shall endure. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Now the colic for guidance. Heavenly Father, in you we live and move and have our being. We humbly pray you so to guide and govern us by your Holy Spirit, that in all the cares and occupations of our life we may not forget you, but may remember that we are ever walking in your sight. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now the colic for the unrepentant. Merciful God, you desire not the death of sinners, but rather that they should turn to you and live. And through your only Son you have revealed yourself as the God who pardons iniquity. Have mercy on the unrepentant and those who do not believe. Awaken in them by your word and Holy Spirit a deep sense of their sinfulness and peril. Take from them all ignorance, hardness of heart, and contempt of your word. Grant them to know and feel that there is no other name under heaven given among men by which they must be saved, but only the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so bring them home and number them among your children, that they may be yours forever. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. All right, folks, that is Squirrel Chatter for this Thursday, the 9th of February. I hope you have a great day. I hope uh, you you get to accomplish the things that you set out to accomplish, and may it just be a good day. And you know, share the gospel with somebody today if you have the chance, and uh, just have a great, God bless day. Remember, do the things you ought to do. Don't do the things you ought not do. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of the Lord. See you again here tomorrow for another episode of Scroll Chatter. Take care. God bless.